their secret mountain lair somewhere in Colorado, this is the Image Doctors Photography Podcast with your hosts, Jason O'Dell and Rick Walker. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Image Doctors Photography Podcast. I'm Jason O'Dell. And I'm Rick Walker. And it's good to be back with you guys today in camera land or wherever you might be or candy land or holiday land or I don't know. Everywhere uh, is camera land. Something like that. Yes. Um, it's a fun time of the year. Although from looking out my window right now, you wouldn't you wouldn't think it. It's <laughs> sideways rain and blowing really hard and, today. And a forecast that has potential 70 mile an hour winds. I saw 80. <laughs> but... Good. Good. Yeah, n nothing, nothing quite so exciting. So we're hoping our our streaming connection stays alive while while we do this. So uh, our big topic for today is going to be something that is timely for this this uh, season, which is going to be photographing holiday lights. And Rick, you went out and did that just the other night. So we'll talk about that. But before we go there, um, we were both sort of surprised uh, to see an announcement from Nikon just the other day that um, there's uh, a new lens announcement plus a development announcement. Um, the new lens announcement is a 28 to 75 millimeter f2.8 for Z-mount native. Um, and then the development announcement is for an 800 millimeter f6.3 super telephoto for Z-mount. And that's supposed to include the... Um, PF or phase Fresnel design elements similar to the 300 and 500 um, PF lenses for F mount. So not much to say about that one other than um, it, it will be interesting when it comes out. That's a, a beast of a telephoto, but presumably the design should be quite good in that uh, it's a little slower, um, but we've seen in the past that mirrorless doesn't mind F6.3 very much. Um, no, and it's only a third of a stop slower. Right. Um, so that's not a big deal. That That's a huge amount of reach for people doing uh, the kind of photography where you really can't get closer to something. Um, uh, you know, small birds would be one example, but, you know, there's, there's things that people do like um, race cars where the cars will be really far out from the track from where the photographer um, is set up and something like a 600 and 800 millimeter lens um, might be quite useful. We don't have any info on specs, weight, size, price, any of that. No. Um, probably won't be cheap. I don't think it's going to be cheap, no. But here's the thing that you can think about. So before just dismissing this lens and saying, oh, it's just going to be $10,000, which is probably close, um, and therefore too expensive to buy, this can be a great thing to rent. Right. I know a lot of events that a lot of people shoot don't happen all the time. So if you're just trying to do something that's, you know, maybe once a year or twice a year max, renting is a fabulous option. So I, I wouldn't dismiss it. It's it's a kind of a narrow use lens, but probably could be wonderful for certain things. Extremely niche. Yes. extremely niche but for those people in that niche it might be a nice option I, I certainly remember digging through uh, workshops and there was someone who let a, a 
uh, warbler birding workshop. You know, warblers are teeny little mm -hmm. things. You yeah. know, and, and and the comment on that was as much focal length as you can possibly bring. Right. <laughs> so that so that kind of thing would would be nice because it gets it gets you out to that focal length without needing teleconverters, which is a potentially cool thing. But yeah, God only knows what the what the pricing will be. My guess it will be at, in the north of well north of five thousand dollars. But oh you gosh, know. yeah. Well, the 500 PF is under is only slightly above $300 $3000 which is expensive yeah. but not crazy. So you never know. It might yeah. be surprising. But whatever, who knows? That that one will remain to be seen. Uh, the the other lens is this 28 to 75 and when I first it was funny because you had you had texted me about a rumor that said there might be coming out with one, and sure enough, the very next evening I got the email from Nikon saying they've released yeah. this, and I said, okay, that's that's interesting. I didn't think too much of it. I looked at the price tag and I saw it was twelve hundred bucks, and I just said, not for me, um, just really yeah. not for me. I mean, and I don't mean anything against the lens. I just you know that is not for me, and especially not at that at that price point, I'm not looking for a $1,200 lens um, in that zoom range. Um, but it is an interesting zoom range, right, Rick? Well, <laughs> I'll just say I, I got pretty angry after I... Well, I'm just talking about, like, is there... A, what's the use case for a 28 to 75 millimeter? Yeah, like, I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's an f2.8. Um, yeah. So it's, it's faster than the... The 24 to 70 f4, and it's half the price of the 24 to 70 28. But mm -hmm. there's when we dug a little deeper into this. Okay, <laughs> all right. So well, you know, maybe you do. I didn't have to dig very. Yeah, deep. You, you you knew what you were looking for, but you well, know, I, I mean, I'll, I'll give you the chronology of how I was thinking. I I saw the rumor. I sent it to you when I saw the rumor. Yeah. 27 28 to 75 28. There's an Nikon Z. I knew who had made the lens it, instantly. It's like, okay, Nikon is doing something with Tamron. I think Which that they've done in the past. And so my expectation was Tamron rolled out a new version of that lens a few months ago. It's supposed to be very good from everything I've heard. The older and it one works for the Sony bad. mount, right? Yeah, for the Sony mount. The older one wasn't a bad lens. It had been around for about three and a half years. Okay. And it was fairly cheap. It was like $800. But they rolled out a brand new version for $900 that from everything I've seen looks like a really outstanding lens. And so I was thinking, okay, that's what Nikon is having to Tamron repackage for them. And it'll be more. It'll, you know, let's say 20% more. <sighs> okay. So I was happy. I thought, great. Then got the details, and well, it turns out it's the older Tamron lens that was just replaced. It's one that was selling for eight hundred dollars mm -hmm. in a Sony mount. Nikon is selling it for twelve hundred dollars in the U.S. A fifty percent markup on a lens that was already past its life, and all the development costs are recovered and things like that. Mm -hmm. Really. Right, you can't even find that lens on. Really, it's discontinued. You can't find that lens on B and H. Right, I just went to look, and they only oh, show the new one look. when yeah. you pop it up. Yeah, that you can't even buy that the Sony, the Tamron uh, for the yeah. Sony mount. It's only so the newer one. The glass half full approach, and I tend to be a glass half full person usually, is 
okay, this is not a bad lens, even though it's the older one. Mm-hmm. It's a 2.8, right. $1,200 in the big scheme of things when you think about the 24 to 70 2.8 price is good. And it's nice having an alternative um, 2.8 lens. You know, that's that's okay. Mm-hmm. The negative side of it is do night are. <laughs> Uh, I want to avoid the rage I felt yesterday. Well, it so makes you say, wonder what the company is up to, right? Yeah, it really. Does. I mean, that, that, let's just be let's just be honest. When they do a move yeah. like that, it it makes you take a little bit of pause and just say, okay, what's going on? It's not that we're going to say we're and and by no means. I mean, neither of us own this lens. We're not here trying to pan the lens. No, but but a lens, you know, is anytime we review a lens. You can look at it on the merits of its optics um, only. You know, it's things like how fast it focuses, its quality of bokeh. You can look at the MTF. You know, you can get all nitinoid about that. But but to as we've always done in our reviews, I think it's fair to say you always have to put them in context of what else is out there. Like think back to when we reviewed the 50 millimeter um, macro, right? Nice little lens, but in the context of where it fits in with its price and performance compared to other things that were out there, it wasn't something that we found compelling for our own personal needs. Yeah. And I'll just say for my own personal needs, 28 to 75 is not a range that I'm really interested in. I could certainly see someone saying, I do casual portrait work. That's a perfect range. And having F2.8 is going to be great. Not going to argue with that point at all. But it's in the context of what else is out there um, already that makes you kind of scratch your head. Right, Rick? Yeah, exactly. And I'm going to shut up because I don't want to get mad again. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, or, or pound your fist. It's it's not about, yeah. you know, and, and by all means, this is not a bad just... lens design. I mean, it's no. just that when you know there's one better and, hey, if you want to be critical of something, it's the fact that um, why aren't there third party alternatives available for z-mount at this point um at at least at least in the one i mean there's a few but most of those tend to be manual focus um and and i don't think anybody wants to really go through the the pain of trying to use multiple adapters um you know that often doesn't work from mirrorless lens to mirrorless lens it was fine for dslr lens adapting but not necessarily for the mirrorless designs so Interesting thing. It's a little head-scratching moment. This lens will be out. I don't know exactly when when to expect it. I think um, January. Okay. Um, you know, and, and no one's saying don't go out and buy it. Uh, what we're saying is, hmm. it, it, yeah, we're just going, huh, what, what does that mean? So um, head-scratcher for us, um, but if, if that's something that, meets your needs you know it will definitely be a competent you know by all by all means it's not like it's bad um so anyway we'll we'll try not to go any further on that let's let's talk about something a little more festive which is shooting holiday lights okay yeah much better right um and i think it's an it's it sounds like a pretty popular topic this time of year duh um uh, you know, it's probably easier. This is one of those times where I'd probably rather be down in Australia or New Zealand where it's summer and you could go out at night and shoot them and not, not freeze your butt off, right? But but um, I think holiday lights are a cool subject, but I think it's it's a subject that a lot of us struggle with. So, 
so let's talk a little bit about it and we'll, we'll go to you know some of the things like where to go and some settings but i think it's it's i think the first rule of holiday lights is your approach to them might not be the way that you're thinking i think people go i'm going to go out and take pictures of the holiday lights and then you come back with a bunch of really boring photos yeah yeah and and one of the big problems is that you you see the lights and not a lot else because mm -hmm. the background is dark or you don't have an interesting subject um that goes along with the lights you know it could be buildings that are lit up it could be a, a variety of things and while you can do abstracts of just the light and you can play with things like camera movement and all those kind of things it will only get you so far so i think one of the things that is true and, and just do, doing the little thing i did um last night which was at the the local zoo because they have this thing called the electric safari which a lot of zoos do mm -hmm. things like that where you can go in after dark and it's you've got lights all over the place and you know it's kind of cool um the the shots were it was really just lights incredibly boring the better shots that i got were ones that included um the setting i i did actually some nice portraits of my wife just available light before it got too mm -hmm. dark with lots of lights over her head and around her and that was kind of nice and different um but just of the lights themselves probably going to get boring in a hurry yeah and that that is something i have found too and and when i've gone to do anything with lights you know unless it's a prominent recognizable building where there's architecture that you can see lit up in surroundings the lights tend to be, um, you know, really challenging subjects. So one thing I've tried to do, and I don't do it enough, but is to consider incorporating the holiday lights, not as the primary subject, but more of a scene element. And mm -hmm. they work really well, uh, especially like you mentioned, you know, portraits of your wife, but like out of focus background elements because that can be extremely festive and very cool. Mm -hmm. So you could do close-ups of something with, with the lights in the background or whatever. And so that means that we tend to gravitate towards fast primes when shooting holiday lights. And I've, if I recall, you were shooting something like a 50 millimeter prime, correct? Yeah, I used a, I used a fast 50 and, and a fast 24. Yeah, and, I mean, and those are the ideal lenses. Shooting, yeah, it was, you know, for what I was doing, I figured it'd work. And actually, this turned out to be really good choices. And you're shooting wide open or very close to it. Close to it, yeah. Um, so so that, that becomes quite interesting. Um, and then you can get into, you know, other creative things. Um, you know, you can do the abstract type of stuff. You know, you're going to probably be in dark conditions, so longish exposures are really easy to do. So... Mm -hmm. If you have a zoom, zoom blurs are fun with holiday lights, um, as well as rotating the camera or swipes or anything those. Um, but I think another thing that people sometimes leave out is the when to go, right? Right. Or over, I don't say leave out, I should say overlook. 
Yeah, and in the case of what I did last night, there was, although we weren't thinking of this topic when I got the tickets for it, um, I did plan on taking photos. So I got an entry time of 4.30. And right now, sunset is at 4.38. So I knew that um, the sun would be down. Because actually, there's this big mountain behind the So it was going to be... Yeah, you'd be in the shade. Well before it. So I was going to be in the shade at the start and then moving into the blue hour, which we've talked about before, where it's sky's not all black, but the sun is down and it gets that nice deep Mm -hmm. blue um, color, which can look fantastic with holiday lights and other things in the photo. Makes it a lot more interesting. Definitely, definitely. And the other nice thing about if you take that approach is that you're getting there when it's still light and and you can sort of see the different things set yourself up get yourself ready in the right position and framing to capture that blue hour when it happens because that's about what usually eh, 15 20 minutes after sunset if you're facing east um if you're facing west then it takes a lot longer but um uh, that that works out quite well. So you have a little chance to do some pre-visualization. Um, what other things can you work through with that? Uh, you can play with your white balance, right? Yeah, and and what I did for these shots is I I just went with auto um, for the shots that I made. However, you know I I did shoot in raw, of course, and and when I got home and was playing with the pictures, I I definitely tinkered with the white balance because, mm-hmm. you know, what the camera was doing was varying the white balance between the low 3000K um, white balance settings. for So what you would use if you were shooting indoors with incandescent lights and stuff, mm-hmm. which, you know, typically turn the photo kind of orangish, all the way up to mid 7000 range which is what you would use for deep shade. And right. Very, very different in terms of what it does to the sky. And so what I was typically doing is completely overriding the shots where the white balance got up in the sevens and moving it down to the daylight range, you know, around 5,000, 5,200 mm-hmm. or lower down to about 4,000. And it just varied depending on what looked right and what was going on with the sky. But what that did for me is, one, some of the incandescent kind of lights that were in the shots, you know, went a little bit more white as opposed to really, really orange. And then also I got the blue sky back from shots where it went kind of salmon color because of the white balance getting way too high, you know, up into that Mm 7,000K range. So the white balance slider was an important thing to play with. And it was just all visual. When does it look good? Stop there. And again, that underscores the importance of capturing in raw. Yeah. The other other thing I think is worthwhile playing with, and this can be very camera specific. It can be very raw converter specific, is if you have a choice of playing with different color profiles in your raw editor, try several of them. The, mm-hmm. the thing that works best may not be the thing that you think. It, it's like 
I was experimenting and you know some of the standard ones were okay but I played I tried some alternate ones that I had and in some cases those were ones that kind of compressed the tones a bit pulled the shadows and the highlights in a bit and what that did was brighten up a lot of elements of the scene and put a little bit more detail into areas where it was actually helpful um, so color profiles can be surprisingly useful and also you know you can pick ones that are a little bit more saturated or less saturated depending on what you want excellent but I point overlook those yeah those are excellent points um, and I always find that once it gets really black out it gets even harder to shoot um, the, really the environmental yeah. environmental stuff so you know it's 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 fun things and and then I, I suppose we'll just throw this out there as a topic for another time, but you can bring a flash if you're going to do portrait stuff. Um, mm -hmm. And if you are going to bring a flash, um, you know, remember the flash range is controlled by the um, aperture. So a fast lens is going to have quite a bit of range <laughs> with, with your flash. Um, you may wish to use a slow curtain or rear curtain sync. Um, allow if you're using one of the auto exposure modes so that the camera chooses a slower shutter speed and then you can play around with the you know we're talking slower shutter speeds maybe a 15th of a second or something like that or a tenth mm -hmm. of a second and then you can in introduce subject motion or even camera motion and if you do that often the rear curtain sync works um, manual exposure of course is another way to override that altogether um, and just play around with different uh, ISO settings to see what what works, um, because you know again a, a portrait of of yourself or your significant other um, or the both of you with the nice out of focus holiday lights behind you can be quite a nice thing this time of year. So it's yeah. uh, it, it it can be pretty fun. Um, depending on where you are, it might be also pretty cold out there. <laughs> so uh, be be aware of that. But I think it's a good good subject for this time of year. We've got a, another few weeks where you can go and play with that. Um, and um, if you got um, interested in that, um, before we move on, um, if you've got pictures and you want to share them, you know you can do so on our Facebook page. The other thing we should mention is that registration for our uh, annual uh, online virtual holiday party is open, um, and that. That link is posted out on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash image doctors. You can also get there from, from my website if you go to the events link. But uh, our Facebook page is the easiest way to get there. Tickets are required, but they're free. So when you when you order a ticket, uh, it will include the link to join the, the live meeting. You'll be able to share your camera if you want and chat with um, Rick and myself, um, share stories or whatever. Or gripes, <laughs> or grievances. <laughs> so we know what Rick will be celebrating on Festivus this year. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm. My goal is to st stop thinking about it. Yeah, so, I know. I, I'm just, you know, Festivus is December 23rd, so it will be over by the time that um, yeah, the, we we get there. But I I could I, I could find some grievances to air. Um, <laughs> our Nikon shooters, if you're looking for stuff for yourself or others over the holidays point out that most Nikon Z lenses not all of them but many of them including most of the primes are on sale for between 100 and 200 dollars off over at Nikon um, USA um, I'm not sure if 
third-party retailers um, have those same prices, but I know Nikon has got them discounted. Um, you, you might get the same price online elsewhere too, but it's not a bad time if you're looking to pick up you know, one of those uh, uh, lenses that you're looking for. Um, and I'm pretty uh, pretty certain that there are similar discounts right now in, in Europe. I'm not sure uh, other portions of the world haven't checked. Yeah, most of the companies, not just Nikon, have extended their discounts through the end of the yeah. year, but have to just look on that. So anyway, it's a good time to be shopping if that's your thing. Um, anything else you want to share before we sign off this week, Rick? No. Okay, well, hopefully you guys will go out and sign up for our holiday party, which, again, is going to be December 26th, which is the Sunday. It's right after Christmas. Um, and it's going to be at... Uh, I think 2 p.m. our time, which is 4 p.m. Eastern. Um, so even if you're over in the UK, you might even be able to, to log in and, um, and join us before it gets too late over there. And I think you said it's like 8 a.m. the next day in, in Australia, right? Or in Sydney? Yeah, in Sydney. Yeah. So possibility if you need a Monday morning uh, hangout, that's an option if you're over um, in Sydney or, or Australia or New Zealand. We tried to pick Zealand. a time that would work as well as possible. It's not easy. It, there's no answer that's perfect. Yeah. You know, someone, someone will be disappointed. We'll be getting their airing of their grievances on our Facebook page. So anyway. <laughs> All right. So All until right. next time, happy shooting. Thanks for joining us. All right. Bye-bye.